Matthew 13. And before we get into the message tonight, first of all, Sookie, can you open that for me? Second of all, one of the most important announcements I forgot is next Thursday is a theme night Thursday. I forgot to tell you. I got so excited about everything else. Next, How many of you like theme nights when we do theme nights at the quarry? All right. So next Thursday, and you tell all your friends that are not here tonight that should have been here to hear the Word of God. Hello, somebody. This Thursday, you ready? It's rep your team night at the quarry. So... It could be NBA, NFL, it could be college, high school, whatever your team is, you need to be decked out in all your team gear and all your team colors, whoever that team is. So next Thursday, rep your team night. Everybody say, rep your team night. So that is the theme night. We're going to have rep your team night, and uh, we're going to have some awesome things. Afterwards, we're going to have a tailgate party, and we're going to have all kinds of uh, tailgate-type foods and arena-type foods, all right? So like... Uh, nachos and uh, pretzels and hot dogs and probably some maybe some wings maybe some sliders tailgate party food all right so next Thursday is rep your team night all right so tell everybody that's not here tonight about next week and be dressed fully dressed let's let I want to see some good outfits uh, some good colors one thing about next Thursday though no guarantees. If you wear UK gear, there is no guarantees that you will get through that door. I just got to say it, all right, because this is Indiana, all right? Indiana, y'all, and we Hoosiers up in this house, all right? This is Red Revival, Hoosier Nation, Crimson and Cream. This is what we rep around here, all right? This is Indiana, y'all. So if you wear in UK, I don't know if you can get in. You have to you have to rep another NBA team or NFL team or your high school team or something because we rep in Indiana around here. All right, we'll give it to U of I'll give it to U of L. All right, I'm not against U of That's where my honor lies. But Hoosiers is where it's at. So, all right. So next, IUS. We got some IUS people in here. Some Borden Braves in the house. All right. So next Thursday, rep your team night, tailgate party afterwards, lots of free food. And actually, we have a guest speaker next Thursday. Somebody by the name of Bro Sean Garing going to be up in the house of God next Thursday night preaching a message that he's never preached before. And I asked Brother Sean specifically to share this message because he was talking to me about it the other day. And I said, Brother Sean, I don't think I've ever heard you share that before. It's a message called How, How You Can Be Usable. So Brother Sean, go, he go preach on that. And he said he's coming in his Colts gear next Thursday. So next Thursday, rep your team night, tailgate party afterwards. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. All right. That was my announcement. I totally forgot it. I got off track. Matthew 13, everybody there? Verse 44. Is it open real quick? Let me see. Thank you, sir. Matthew 13, 44. It's in red letters, so that's Jesus speaking. 
it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Everybody say treasure. Everybody say treasure. Underline treasure. That's going to be a key word for tonight. Hallelujah. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Go ahead, ladies. You know you're seeking beautiful pearls. Don't play games with me tonight. Verse 46. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, notice that, he went and sold all that he had to buy it. Amen? Let's look over at Luke. Who's Luke? Luke 12. Not Luke Skywalker. Different Luke. How many like this vest I pulled out of the closet tonight just for fun? Come on. Don't look like a, me- a member of Mumford & Sons or something tonight, don't I? It's precious, isn't it? all the mainstream kids had no idea what I was talking about when I said Mumford and Sons. Luke 12, verse 34. Everybody there? <laughs> Actually, let's start in verse 33. Sell what you have at give alms. Provide yourself money bags, which do not grow old. A treasure in heaven that does not fail. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. Verse 34. A key verse for tonight. Everybody there? Verse 34. In red letters, this is Jesus speaking. He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice that. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Everybody say treasure. So where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Treasure Hunters. Everybody say Treasure Hunters. Charles, I didn't hear you. Everybody say Treasure Hunters. All right. Good word. Let's look over, uh, let's look over back to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. And we're going to park it there. In Matthew 13. As we begin tonight, like I said, the title of my message is Treasure Hunters. And write this down. A basic definition of treasure is something of great value. Basic definition of treasure is something of great value or something of great worth. Something of great value, something of great worth. You know, the thing is, everybody likes treasure. Don't act like you don't. Everybody likes treasure. That's why um, our society, movies, books, whatever you want to call it, they are obsessed with finding hidden treasure. They're obsessed with pirates seeking treasure. That's why Pirates of the Caribbean so big. That's why all these other movies, National Treasure, so big. 
because everybody likes the excitement and the chase and the thrill of finding treasure, finding something that's hidden, that's valuable and worth something. Everybody likes treasure. And uh, as we see here, we're going to get into some parables that Jesus spoke, is that tonight when we're speaking of treasure, we're speaking beyond just financial treasure, just something that's made of gold or silver or jewelry. But there's something about treasure that there's excitement in the chase of finding treasure. And in Matthew 13, verse 44, uh, Jesus speaks a parable and realizes the reason Jesus spoke parables is because he would tell stories to help people understand the meaning of his mission, the meaning of the kingdom of God, what he was here for. How many know it's e- a lot easier to understand something if somebody tells you a story to explain it? So Jesus would use stories to explain what he was teaching on, and during that period of time, he would use stories that pertain to the people of that culture. And the people of that culture were known for being farmers, for being agricultural people, for being fishermen. So that's why a lot of his stories, he talks about sowing, reaping, planting, farming, because that culture was full of those kind of people. He uses a lot of examples of people uh, fishing and other examples like that because a lot of times he was preaching to fishermen, to merchants that would understand exactly what he meant. So in Matthew 13, verse 44, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Here's something, you know, during that period of time, treasures were buried to protect them from thieves. You know, during that period of time, they didn't have, like, banks and other places to hide your money, to hide your wealth, to hide your treasure. You didn't have that. If you had it, you had to hide it at your own house and and do something to protect the treasure that you had. So a lot of times, they would bury treasure in the ground. Hopefully, they wouldn't forget where they put it. But they would bury treasure in the ground to protect them from thieves. Now let's look over at Philippians 3. Philippians 3. Philippians 3, and we're going to read that in a second. But notice, Jesus says here that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found treasure in a field. And notice, for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has to buy the field. He's talking about more than just a natural treasure in a field that this guy's buying. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And the thing about this is, to pertain to us, is... What are we excited about? What do we value? What do we play, uh, put great worth or value or interest in? What are we excited about? Because that tells us where our treasure is. This man got excited over some natural coins, jewelry, money, etc. And notice, he gave everything up just for this treasure that he found. You know what Jesus is talking about here? He's talking about his followers when they find him because he is the real treasure. God is the real treasure you've been looking for. And when you really find him, 
Nothing else will compare to him, so you will sell everything. You will get rid of everything just so you can have the one thing. And until you get that, you're going to live an unfulfilled, unsatisfied life looking for everything else to fulfill you when there's only one treasure that will fulfill you. But notice the uh, qualification of receiving the treasure is you have to give up everything else to receive the treasure. That's why most people don't get it because they just want partial Jesus. They just want a partial treasure, and they want to have a little bit of me time and a little bit of God time, but it doesn't work like that. There's no such thing as a part-time follower of Jesus. No, it's all or nothing with him. And you don't get the treasure unless you give up everything. How many know that the uh, natural person, not even spiritual, realizes if God gave everything up for me, is it that big a deal that I give up everything for him? Is it? Since God gave everything up for me to the point of dying for me, which nobody did that for you, not your parents, not your boyfriend or girlfriend, not anybody else in your life loves you the way that God loves you. He gave up everything for you. Is it a big deal for you to give up everything for God? Because when you realize this, he has everything you need anyway. So what are you really giving up? Things that are superficial, things that won't fulfill you anyways. He asks you to give up everything because he has everything, because he is everything, because he can fill everything in your life. But notice you got to give up everything to get the treasure. How many of us have decided to do that. I think a lot of us, which we say this often, uh, we make the excuse, we're young, we got time. You know, I'll give it up when I get married, when I have kids. No, you won't. You're fooling yourself. And how much more can you do for God when you realize that God has the best plan for your life? Hello, he knows better than you, and he has a better plan for your life and better things for you in store. Realize everything you give up, God's not making you give up stuff just to take things away from you. Everything you give up is because God has something better for you to replace it with. I'm going to repeat that one more time. The reason God makes you give up things is not because he's trying to take stuff away from you. It's because he's got something better for you, but if you won't let go of what you got, he can't give you anything new. <laughs> and until you figure that out, you're going to be unsatisfied trying to hold on to all these temporal, natural things that will not fulfill you in the end anyways. And he's trying to give you something eternal and that is the ultimate joy and ultimate treasure in life, which is him. Philippians 3, and we're going to read this from the New Living Translation. And this is Apostle Paul speaking, and this is Philippians 3, verse 7. New Living, it says, I once thought that these things were valuable... But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Verse 8, yes, everything else is worthless. Are you hearing me? Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Notice we talked about treasure is something of great value and great worth. Notice, I gave up everything compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else. Notice, I've discarded everything else. I've given up everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one 
with him. Notice that the Apostle Paul, he had a lot of things he could brag about. He had a lot of things he had just naturally. He came from the right city. He came from the right parents. He was very educated. He had a lot of money. But he said, I will give all that up just to win Jesus, just to have Jesus the treasure. I will sell everything I have. I will give up everything I have, all the acclaim I have, all the education I have, all the background I have, just because of Jesus. Why? Because the treasure that I found is greater than anything I have. Do you feel that way about God, young people? The treasure that I found is greater than anything I have. Because the people that really realize that, they'll give up everything to get the treasure, and it won't be a big deal to them. It won't be, I'm sacrificing. This is a burden to serve the Lord. No, when you found a treasure that's that good, you will do anything to get it. You will do give up everything, and it will not be a big deal to you because that treasure is so great and so awesome. You know, a lot of us in here, because we've grown up in church or we've, or we've known about God from a young age, we don't play, place uh, such a great value or worth on God, on the things of God, on the church, because we've grown up and always had it, and we've always had the good life, so we don't know anything else besides that. <laughs> and if you don't know anything besides that, you could think to yourself that your life is just wonderful just because you're awesome. No, your life has been good this far because you have had God in your life and your parents did raise you in the church and you did have the things of God in your life. That's why it's the way it is. And a lot of you should thank God every day that you didn't have to experience the things other people did coming out of the world because they have a lot more appreciation for the treasure they found than you do. Because you've been having the treasure up in your living room the past 20 years of your life, it's no big deal to you. That's why lost people coming in that have been living out in the world and have been really living, getting beat up by the devil and by this world and hasn't been growing up in the same atmosphere that we have, they are excited about this treasure and they say, give up everything. That's easy for God. He gave up everything for me, but church kid, hey, whoa, whoa. God, everything. Seriously? Do you value God? Do you treasure God? Do you treasure His Word? Do you treasure this Bible? Here's, here, uh, there's something to treasure. A lot of countries, the Bible's illegal. They can't even have a Bible. A lot of us have 25 Bibles at our house. Every translation, commentary, you name it. Just ourselves. Some people in other countries only have a couple pages of the Bible, and they are so thankful, they so value that they read those couple pages every day just to get in God's Word, and we have 25 Bibles hanging around us, and we can't even pick up our Bible a couple times a year. Where's your treasure? Those people in other countries, they realize they found a treasure, and it's that good, I will give up everything. But since we're in America and we've been raised in the church, and we've lived a good life, and we're comfortable, it's not that big a deal to us. And we got the treasure up in our living room, at our house, anytime we want it. You know, a lot of countries, they can't gather together like we're gathering together tonight to worship with other believers. A lot of people take it for granted. A lot of people that are not here tonight take it for granted. Oh, I can come next week. 
couple times a, a month is good. Those people in other countries, when they have ability to gather together, they will stay together for days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks and just listen to the word because they're that desperate for hearing the word of God. But since we get it all the time, we can get it whenever we want it. We can listen to podcasts. We can uh, come to church whenever we want. We don't take it as treasure. Is God treasure to you? Is he valuable to you? Is he worth something to you? And not just valuable and worth something, but is he the most valuable thing in your life? Do you think of everything else worthless compared to him? Or do you put several things up in the same kind of category as God? I'm talking some real talk. Thursday night. Do you have the same kind of passion that this man had to sell everything he had for the field? He gave up everything for the one thing. You know, it says in his joy, in his excitement, he gave up everything just for that field. And notice, you will find greater joy in him than any other temporal pleasure. Anything. All those are substitutes of the pleasure and joy you're supposed to be getting from God. Everything. Money, sports, sex, you name it, is all temporary pleasure, not lasting pleasure, and fake substitutes of the fulfillment and joy you're supposed to get from God. You know, that's why when you do those things, you still feel empty afterwards. You think getting the money is going to make you fulfilled and excited, then you get the money and you want more money because you're still not fulfilled and excited. Same thing with sex. You've been waiting to have sex, you have sex. Okay, I had sex. It was enjoyable, but it's not fulfilling. Why? Because those are temporary pleasures, and only God can give you lasting fulfillment and lasting pleasure. Are you here? Sports. You know what? You might win one year, the championship, and the next year, you're not even close to the championship. High highs and low lows. If your joy is in that, as we Hoosier fans know, (laughs) then your life will be up and down the rest of your life. It's temporary pleasure. One week you love the Hoosiers, and you love Tom Crean, the next week you want to kill Jordan Holes for the way he's playing at Assembly Hall. (laughs) Why? Because it's temporary pleasure. It changes. But only God can give you lasting joy, lasting fulfillment. And, you know, that's the people that I see that are stable in this life, that are solid, that are not moved by everything, that their joy and fulfillment is found in God and nothing else. Why? Because realize everything else can change but God. And everything else will change but God. (laughs) Your amount of money, your sports teams, your looks, everything's going to change. The only thing that is unchanging is God. That's why your joy, that's why your fulfillment, that's why your treasure must be Him and Him alone because He never changes. And actually, the more you know Him, the better He gets. (laughs) Because He's infinite and He's infinitely good. And the more you know him, 
Every day he gets better, every day. You know what? For all eternity, he's going to get better and better and better. Why? Because he's God. And there's no end to his goodness and to his ability. Let's look over at Luke 12. You guys getting something so far? It's coming out a little bit different the way I planned, but it's still good. Luke 12. Luke 12, and, and Dad's been using this scripture a lot, talking about finances, but let's think of this scripture bigger than just finances. It applies to finances, but treasure in general. Luke 12, 34, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Another translation says, where your desires are, there your heart will be also. What do you desire? That's where your heart is. You realize the disciples of Jesus, there wasn't a whole lot at the beginning. Only 12. And realize this, that these disciples didn't have social media they didn't have TV, internet. They didn't have microphones. They didn't have lights. They didn't have PowerPoint. They didn't have any of that. But these 12 men turned the world upside down. They changed the world. Why? Because they all realized that God in his kingdom, his word, his mission, his church, is the only treasure worth having on this planet. It's the only fulfilling thing. It's the only thing that's going to bring you lasting joy. And notice their desires and their excitement was caught up in living for Jesus and building his kingdom and building the church and seeing people saved and changed forever. And notice it says, where your desires are, there your heart will be also. Where are your desires? Those early disciples that we still talk about today, 2,000 years later, where were their desires compared to our desires? Because the thing is, we have more than the early disciples in this room right now. <laughs> What's the difference? Where their desires were. <laughs> where their affections were. Where their heart was. Where their treasure was. Are you hearing me tonight? <laughs> they had that attitude, I'm going to give up everything for the one thing. Why? Because it's worth it. I'm going to give up everything in this life for him. Why? Because he gave up everything for me. And when you think about it, like I said at the beginning, is it really a big deal when, when you give up everything for him, he gives you everything because he is everything. He has everything. He's not just a savior. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's your all in all. He's everything you need. So when you think about it, you're really not giving up much. You just think you are. To the natural man, you're giving up a lot. But to the spiritual man, it's really nothing at all. In the message, it says this. Isn't it obvious the place where your treasure is, is the place you most want to be and the place you end up being? It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you most want to be and the place you end up being. 
let's apply that to the house of God. <laughs> he said, where your treasure is, that's the place you're at, and that's the place you want to be. Where is that place for you? Is it church? Is it the house of God? Is it living for God? Or is it doing your hobbies? Is it spending time with your boyfriend or girlfriend? Getting up all up in your makeup now. <clears throat> Hello. Where's your treasure at? And that's the thing. I enjoy all those other things. But this is where my real excitement is. This is where my real joy is. And you got to realize that it, when that becomes all of our attitudes in here, that's when we'll actually do something. Not when a couple of us have that attitude that I'm going to give up everything for him. No, when all of us have that attitude, that's when we're going to change something. That's when we're going to change high schools. That's when we're going to change middle schools and colleges in this region and do something for God. Not when a couple of us are excited at being about the house of God, but when all of us are. And that's the place we most want to be. Not at school, not doing our hobbies, not at our house, not with our boyfriend or girlfriend. You can enjoy all those things, but your priority is the treasure that you found. And I realize I can't make any of you feel that way. I would if I could, but I cannot make any of you feel that way. I cannot even preach it to you to make you feel that way. I can try, but I cannot make it. Jesus has to do that on the inside of you. He has to give you that heart change. And the thing is, if you want it, it can happen. We preached this many moons ago. Passion or pressure. And I said, you can go from a have to to a want to. You can. You don't have to live that way the rest of your life. You don't have to put up with that the rest of your life. Oh, I have to read my Bible. I have to go to church. I have to witness to people. I have to do this. No, the Christian life is not about that. If you're living that way, you're living in religion and not the Christian life. Because Jesus died to give you a want to. That you would want to read your Bible, that you would want to pray, that you'd want to serve in the house of God, that you'd want to have this treasure, that you'd want to give all your money to see people saved and reached, that you would want to do things for God, that you would want to be in the ministry of helps, that you would want to do stuff outside of the church. Nobody would have to beg you to help. Nobody would have to beg you to serve. But you would want to because your heart has been changed, and you realize God gave up everything for you. The least I can do is give up everything for him. Did anybody else die for me? No. <laughs> I'm going to give up everything for him. Because not only did he give us everything in this life, but in the life to come. Eternally. Where's your treasure? Where's your desires at? What do you value? What do you desire? Where do you most want to be? Because that's where your treasure is. Just answer that question because that will tell you where your treasure is, whether it's in God or something else. What do you value? Where do you always want to be? Do you want to be in God's presence or other people's presence all the time? I enjoy being around other people all the time. I'm a social person. I enjoy people's company. But when I start valuing them and their presence above God's presence, that's an issue. That's saying that I treasure people more than God. Where's your treasure at? Where do you most want to be? Where do you most want to be? 
Jesus should be your treasure. If you're going to hope in other things, you're going to be unfulfilled. If you're going to put your trust or treasure in other things, you will be unfulfilled. And you'll live this life thinking that there's more because there is. <laughs> because he's the point. And he's the only one that can fill you completely and give you everlasting joy. Not temporary joy. Not fading joy. Not a temporary high. Not temporary pleasure. But he will give you everlasting pleasure and joy and fulfillment. Only God can Let's look over at Psalm 84. Well, you guys getting anything tonight? It's kind of a different message. I didn't even know it was going to come out like this, but I'll take it. Where your treasure at? Psalm 84, and we're going to read in verse 10 here in a second. Psalm 84. And the thing about this is the psalmist David had a revelation of God and his house and his word being his treasure. Okay? And Everybody knows that David was a man after God's own heart. He's the only person in the Bible that God said, he's a man after my own heart. He wasn't perfect. He didn't do everything right, but he had a right heart. He was quick to repent. He was quick to forgive. He was quick to get in line with God. Why? Because he loved God with all his heart, and he realized that God and his word and his house was his treasure, and nothing else would fulfill him. And David was a king, so he had money, he had the girls, he had everything you could want, and he still realized all that stuff without God is empty. It's vain. It's pointless. It is, it's only temporary. Psalms 84, in verse 10. This is, this is a man who knew his treasure. Treasure hunter. Psalm 84, in verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Notice that. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather hold the door for people. I'd rather clean the toilets in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Now let's read it. Psalms 84, verse 10 from the message. Y'all ready for this? I didn't hear you. Y'all ready for this? In the message, y'all going to fall out your seats. Psalm 84, verse 10. You ready for this? Somebody go get blessed with a rhema from heaven. This, this word, is there's fire coming off the page right now. One day spent in your house. This beautiful place of worship. I'm going to wash my hands last week. I had to repent over my hands. But one day in your house... This beautiful, <laughs> shapely place of worship. <laughs> Notice this. Beats a thousand spent on Greek island beaches. One day in your house. Beats a thousand on Greek island beaches, for goodness sakes. Montanillo beaches. It beats a thousand. 
because I was having some issues in Montanil, so I was ready to come home. Didn't have to tell me twice. Beaches, thousands spent on Greek Island beaches. Notice this. Are you here? I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be a honored guest in the palace of sin. Are you kidding me? Message Bible. Notice that. I'd rather scrub toilets. I'd rather hold the door in the house of God, pretty much in in bigger terms, than be at the best and fanciest party in Louisville at the Derby with celebrities hanging out. I'd rather scrub the toilet at church than be invited there. Why? Because I found a treasure. And when you find a treasure, giving up all the rest of that stuff is no big deal because the treasure you have is more value than, valuable than all that put together. Let's go over another psalm. Psalm 119. David found a treasure. Mm. Psalm 119. See, David had a revelation that God was his treasure. His word was his treasure. His house was his treasure. Psalm 119 and verse, or 100 and verse, okay, Psalm 119. (laughs) There's a lot of verses up in here. Psalm 119. Okay, where we at, where we at? Okay, Psalm 119, 111. All right. I think this is in the New Living. It says, your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. In another translation I found, it says, your love is my treasure. They are my heart's delight. Notice that God's love and God's word was his treasure. And notice, they were his heart's delight. Why? Because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Let's look at Psalm 119, 162. You're going to love this scripture. Notice, this is David speaking about God's word. He says in Psalm 119, 162, I rejoice. Notice, remember in the parable it said he got excited, he was joyful to give up everything for the treasure. Notice he said, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. (laughs) Notice that when he found God's word, he was like one who rejoiced because he has found great treasure. And you know, when you have that attitude about the word of God, when you read it, you're going to get something out of it. Even if you're not even trying to get anything out of it, if you have the attitude when you read the word's God's word, that you're going to be excited about it, that you're going to rejoice about it, that it's going to be the delight of your heart, that you just found some treasure, you're going to receive from God. And notice David said, I rejoice in your word like one who discovers great treasure. David had a revelation that God was his treasure. Do you have that revelation yet in your heart, in your soul, in your mind? your will, your emotions, in your body that God and God alone is your treasure. 
that his house and building his house alone is your treasure. That his word and his word alone is your treasure. As we close here, things to think about if something's your treasure. If something's your treasure, there's going to be three things. And there's, there's more than three, but I'm just going to share three with you here. If something's really something you treasure or value and is worth value to you, you're going to give your time, you're going to give your thoughts, and you're going to give your talents to it. Let me add this, and you're going to give your treasure, financial treasure to it. We'll add a fourth one in. If you find something valuable, you're going to give money, you're going to give your talents or your gifts or abilities that God has given you. You're going to give your time and you're going to give your thoughts to it. Notice that your talents, your time, and your thoughts. Let's look over at 1 Timothy 6. First Timothy 6. You guys get anything this evening? First Timothy 6, and we're going to read in verse 20 here in a second. But notice that if, if something's valuable to you, if it's your treasure, you're going to give your time, your talents, your thoughts to those things, whatever it is. Ask yourself that, does any of those things relate to God or his house whatsoever? You realize nobody has to tell you to give your time, your thoughts, and your talents to your boyfriend or girlfriend. Nobody has to plead with you, beg you, anything else. You know a sport that you really love? No coach has to beg you for your time, your thoughts, your talents. You are more than willing to give those up. Why? Because you think you found something worth value or worth treasure. Do we give those things to the house of God? Do we give those things back to God? Why? Because God gave everything to us. Everything we have is His anyways. So it's only right that we would return it back to Him. You know, think about this. Your talents, specifically, were meant, not so you could just make money with those gifts and abilities that God gave you. That's part of it but to be used for God's glory and to build God's house and to build God's church. That's why he gave you those talents. You know, the time that you have during your day is not just to spend on yourself. Not just to spend serving yourself and your own desires. How much of that time are you giving to God? He gave you the time. He gave you the breath to live. <laughs> you at least could give some back to him. How much of that time are you giving to the house of God? And I'm not just talking about service times. What about outside of service times? Doing something to build the house of God. There's a novel idea. Not just on Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Sunday morning, Sunday night. What other time during the week are you giving to build the house of God? And I just want to say that because there's going to be a lot more projects in the future. All of you in here? that are going to take time outside of church. 
but their purpose is to build the church and to promote the kingdom of God and to get the word out about God. But it's not going to be on church time. We're going to see where your heart is there. Because we got ideas for days, but how many know it takes time to do those things? And if you make excuses every time somebody asks you to help, oh, I, I'm getting between somebody's makeup here. If, if you're going to make excuses every time somebody asks you to help on projects outside of church time, then where, you tr- where is your treasure? Where's your treasure? What about your thought life? I don't mean to go Joyce Myers on you, but I'll go there. What about your mind? What are you thinking about? Because as you think, so are you. Where do you give your thought life to? Because how many know the way you think will rule your life, good or bad? What do you spend most of your time thinking about? Do you spend most of your time worrying? Do you spend most of your time thinking about sports? Do you spend most of your time thinking about your girlfriend or boyfriend? I keep coming back to that, but there's a purpose for that. (laughs) Where's your thought life? Is your thought life in the gutter? (laughs) Is your thought life where it needs to be? (laughs) Where are your thoughts? Are are your thoughts thinking about the church? They're thinking about God, what he's done for you. Are they thinking about how can I do more for my church? How can I reach more people? How can I show God's love to somebody today? Where are your thoughts at? Because that's where your treasure is. Let's read 1 Timothy 6 and verse 20. And it says, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Avoid the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge by professing that some have strayed concerning the faith. But notice that in verse 20, the beginning, it says, O Timothy, which Timothy was a son of the faith to Paul, and he was a young man. It says, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Notice that guard what was committed to your trust. We talked about this before, but if something is not valuable to you, if something is not worth anything to you, you're not going to guard it. Okay? You're not going to guard it. You're going to leave it right out in the open because you don't care who takes it. But if something's valuable to you, it's worth something, you're going to guard it. And how many know the ultimate thing that would be uh, worth valuable, uh, a valuable and worth something to you is treasure. And Paul said to Timothy that what he received from God and what he received from his word was something to be guarded because it was treasure. To not let anybody take that away from him. In the message it says, guard the treasure you were given. Can I speak to you tonight as a young person? Guard the treasure you were given. Some of you don't realize all that's in you. You don't realize what you've already been given because you've grown up in it. You've had it your whole life. Guard the treasure that you've been given because it's valuable. It's worth something. And it's, it's worth more than anything else that this world could ever give you. 
Listen to me tonight. It's worth more than anything the world could ever give you. It's more valuable than that. Valuable than that. Guard the treasure you've been given. What does that mean practically to us? Well, first of all, guard that relationship you, with, you have with God. First of all. Because He's the ultimate treasure. Don't let anybody shake that relationship up. up. Don't matter if they're your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, your mom, your dad. Don't let anybody stand in the way of your relationship with God because that's the real treasure. I don't care if they're family or not. Where's your treasure? Your family didn't die for you. Your boyfriend or girlfriend did not die for you. Your basketball coach did not die for you or your football coach. Jesus died for you. Guard that relationship. Why? Because it's valuable. It's a treasure. What about your relationship with the Word of God? Guard that relationship. You know, because the devil's going to fight that for the rest of your life to get you distracted that you'll give up your Word time. Why? Because he realizes the Word is alive and full of power, like it says in the book of Hebrews. And it's able to change your life from the inside out. Why? Because this book is alive because God breathed this book out. And when this word gets on the inside of you, it changes you into a new person. A person that the devil can't handle. That's why he's going to try to distract you and try to take away that word time the rest of your life. He'll give you excuses for days. He'll give you distractions for days. Whatever you want to do, guard that time with God. Guard that prayer time. Guard that word time. Why? Because it's treasure and it's valuable. And you got to realize when you put those first things first, everything else in your life will come into place. I think, well, I don't have time to do this. I got to do this, this, and this. No, this is first place. And what about guarding the church? Guarding the treasure you've been given in a local church. Quiet in this Methodist Assembly of God convocation tonight. Guard your relationship with the local church. I'll give you several examples here. There's many, many, many of people got offended at baby stuff and left the local church and their life shows the fruit of it. Ain't nobody got to talk bad about them. You can see their life. <laughs> it's like, you don't got to say nothing. Look at the fruit. Look at the trees. Look at the tree that has no fruit getting eaten by bugs, rotting away, and look at the other tree that is fruitful. And how many know the trees that bear fruit are trees that are planted? And in Psalms it says, those who are planted in the house of God will bear fruit. Not planted at Starbucks with their friends that want to tell them everything that's right about them. No, when they're planted in a local church with a real pastor that will tell them what the Word of God really says, then they'll bear fruit in their life. 
not when they're offended and they go from church to church to church just trying to find a pastor and some friends that will pat their back and kiss their butt so they will feel better about their life. Oh, y'all didn't know I was here this evening. (laughs) Guard that relationship with your local church. Here's another thing. A lot of people our age, let me talk to you college students, especially when you're in college, you come under this thing that, oh, I don't need a local church because this relationship was with me and Jesus anyways. I don't need fellow people. So pretty much means I'm backslidden and I don't want anybody in my business. Okay? (laughs) You will never not need the local church. Why? Because Jesus instituted the local church and his plan was always the local church and he always meant for his followers to have a community of fellow believers together to keep each other accountable, to encourage one another, to pray for one another. There's no such thing as Lone Ranger believers in the Bible. And if there is, they're about to get attacked by the devil. We gave this example before, but just like the dumb seal on Shark Week that decides to go swimming by himself... And then there's all the seals over here together in a group, in a community, in a local church. Who does the shark go after? The dumb seal that wants to be a lone ranger because he got offended at the rest of the seals. And know know what happens to him. The great white shark has him for dinner. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Is that the truth? It's the same, same thing with us. We are not meant to be alone. We are meant to be in community with one another, with fellow believers, to encourage each other, to keep each other accountable, to have pastors and leaders speak into our life and help us with our relationship with God. Treasure the local church. A lot of people don't. But look at the fruit. The thing is, you see all these ministries that are thriving across the world doing things for God, they're all planted in the local church. Jesus culture, Planned in the local church. Hillsong United, planned in the local church. All these other people we see, they got big ministries. They're changing the world. They're going from country to country, doing all these things. All the ones that are doing those big things, every one of them planted in the local church. They have a home church. They have a pastor. They're planted there. They're tithers. They're offering givers. They have things lined up right and white, and God is promoting them. I don't see anybody doing big things for God that's not planted in a local church. And if they are, they're on their way down. (laughs) Why? Because you need people to keep you accountable. You need people to speak into your life. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, last verse. Would you guys get anything this evening? I was listening back to some podcasts because I put three three new podcasts up today. Every sermon, I at least have three or four mentions of Chalassi in it. And it's only right that I do, including this sermon. So this is so much honor. And there's always a couple Haas comments, too, at the beginning. Now, there was a lot of comments when you two used to sit together. That was the worst decision we've ever made here. We had to split you two up. <laughs> You know, last week, I left that in. I left that. Sookie, you looking at me? I left that fearfully and wonderfully made 
partying. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I said, you are God's workmanship created in Christ. All right. If you weren't here, then forget about it. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. And also, if you have time, I put up on the Corey group page the, the song Beans and Cornbread. You need to partake of that because that's a good song. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. We read this last week. And okay, that's Second Corinthians four seven. All right, Second Corinthians four seven. Let's try that. Second Corinthians four seven. WYP. Second Corinthians four seven. It says Second Corinthians four seven. But we have this treasure. Notice, in earthen vessels, or we have this treasure in us, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Notice that we have this treasure in earthly vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So as we're closing, think about this. What your treasure is, your heart will be also. Think about this as we close. What do you value? What do you place, place worth on? What do you honor? Where's your talents going? Where's your money going? Where's your thoughts, your time going? Because that's what you truly treasure in this life. And realize this, that all those things that you think is treasure besides God it's going to let you down soon you realize that God's the only one who can fulfill you bring you ultimate joy ultimate peace ultimate fulfillment and only serving him and his purpose and his kingdom is the only thing that's going to fulfill you that's the only thing that's going to give you real joy your life's going to be amazing but realize I know a majority of us in here are saved and some of us have been in church a long time Realize Paul's speaking to a church here, and he says, realize you have this treasure now in you. You know, under that old covenant, God didn't live on the inside of them. God would come, and his presence would rest upon people at certain times for certain uh, seasons to do certain things for God, but God's presence didn't live inside of people. His treasure didn't come and dwell on them, but because we've been saved and born again the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us the Holy Spirit is God and realize you have now this treasure in your earthly vessel you don't have to go looking for it anymore like a man looking for a field like a man looking for some some lost pearls no you have this treasure now in your earthly vessel it's in you it's a Holy Spirit and some of you in here that are, maybe you're not saved, you've got to realize what you've been looking for is Him. What you've been looking for is God. He's the treasure you've been looking for. And you don't have to keep searching the rest of your life. He's here tonight to fill you with that treasure. So can we bow our heads and close our eyes?